the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Hang with me this break, because I think I got some insight for you on why you want to own a stock. Or why you want to invest in a trend. stock I want to talk about right now is Google. But in particular, I want to talk about YouTube. I read an analyst report that basically said YouTube is worth $140 billion. And I go over and I look at the, the Google slash alphabet valuation. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of value there, maybe. If this analyst is correct. So I read what the analyst had to say. You know, I've heard the every minute more than 100 hours of video are uploaded. YouTube has over a billion users. But when I see 140 billion on 14 billion in net revenue last year, as far as valuation goes, I go, that's that's expensive for a company that's losing money. So YouTube's losing money for Google, but Google still wants in. So let's talk a little bit about YouTube. I grew up in a world that did not have YouTube. I would imagine essentially now, you probably grew up in a world that has YouTube if you're under the age of 25. That's probably the easiest way of saying that. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm a little bit wrong. But it was founded on 2005 of Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day 2005. It was founded by three ex-PayPal employees. That Basically, they got a bonus for selling the company. And they said, let's start another company. So my kids have only been in the world of YouTube. They don't really know. If I were to ask them, you know, hey, can you find me something on YouTube? They'd be like, sure. If I were to ask them, can you find me something on ABC? They'd be like, what? What? So much like Google is synonymous with searching, YouTube's synonymous with, you know, cat videos and things along those lines, right? I've found some of the, I've found some of the most extraordinary music videos and music concerts on YouTube. And I'm like, how do they get, how do they pull this off? The Killers have a complete set, um, a huge show. I'm like, I think that, I think they, someone stole, put this online, but it can't be because it's been there for years now. But anyway, YouTube was founded on February 14th, Valentine's day. My kids only know that world. My kids will show me videos or shows that they watch. They watch shows. You know, Amazon's got some amazing content right now. Netflix has some amazing content right now. But so does YouTube. And YouTube's got what are called influencers. And the thing that you need to know if you don't know is that if you thought like John Stamos could sell perfume or cologne back in the day, that's kind of what an influencer is. You're like, John Stamos is a good looking guy. I don't know what TV show he's on, but he sells a lot of perfume. Influencers can push product. An influencer like Ninja can play Fortnite, and everyone suddenly wants to play Fortnite because the kids see him on YouTube. Influencers like Ninja could say, I'm no longer playing Fortnite. I'm going over here to Electronic Arts Apex Legends. Now, he doesn't bother to tell you that Electronic Arts paid him, and he's shilling and promoting, but the kids don't know that, and they don't care. So, influencers. My kids want to grow up to be influencers. I did not want to grow up to be a weather person or, or a, a TV guy. I happen to work in TV and radio, but I didn't want to grow up and do that. But my kids want to be influencers. They, they don't even want to work in the physical world. They want to do it from their bedroom. 
They got a lot to learn, and <laughs> they need to clean their bedroom, right? So the first ever YouTube video was uh, April 23rd, 2005. So a couple months after February 14th when it was founded. It's a video of the co-founder at the San Diego Zoo. I'm not a big zoo fan. I know you're saying, really? Not a big zoo fan. Uh, YouTube was created to be a video dating site called TuneIn Hookup. Maybe we should come up with an app called TuneIn Hookup, right? Because they didn't use it. I'll use that. TuneIn Hookup. I wonder if that's Tinder somehow tune in uh, something dating. Is Could it have a play on its own name? Or is it a spark that lights the fire of passion? Tinder. Only 18 months after YouTube was founded, Google bought it for $1.6 billion. And an analyst is out there today saying it's worth how much? Do you guys remember? The analyst is saying it could be worth up to $140 billion. Now, wait, wait. Stop the clock, right? Stop the clock here. That can't be real. They bought it for $1.6 billion, and now it's worth $140 billion. Whoops, sold it for too little. Or did Google really figure out how to monetize or how to build it? There are over 1 billion users on YouTube, which is nearly one-third of everyone on the Internet. It's got the scope of Facebook. YouTube opened a production space in Los Angeles that's free to use, but only if you have at least 10,000 subscribers. So YouTube's in this weird little production thing. The very first cat video... I don't know when it happened. I could tell you the oldest cat video on YouTube goes all the way back to 1894 because you can type in oldest cat and it has two cats boxing, which, you know, honestly, we've got an esports league where people can play League of Legends and uh, Fortnite and they can make millions of dollars and they can sell out uh, SAP Arena for, you know, 18,000 people cheering on video games. Why not start a sports arena, a sports uh business cat boxing or animal boxing we don't want them to actually use their claws and hurt each other so we're gonna put little gloves on them cute little gloves so cats can knock the snot out of each other right the oldest video cat video and you can google this 1894 cat boxing i know you're saying i didn't need to know that and now it's in my head and i'm gonna go google it or youtube it every minute over 100 hours of videos uploaded to youtube Company's losing money. 2014. I'm going to go back and scare you. There was somebody named Grumpy Cat. And she's a YouTube star. A YouTube influencer, if you will. Grumpy Cat earned more money than Gwyneth Paltrow, who was an Oscar-winning actress. See, mama, don't let your boys grow up cowboys. Mama, don't let your boys grow up to be actors and actresses. Have them be Grumpy Cat influencers on YouTube. Grumpy Cat made more money than Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's like in those Iron Man movies and things, right? Google, biggest search engine. But right behind it in search, number two is YouTube. It's bigger than Bing. It's bigger than Yahoo. It's bigger than Ask combined. Oh, do you remember how when YouTube kind of started getting into our culture, our zeitgeist, if you will? It was April Fool's. Where were you? YouTube started rolling all their videos upside down, and they rickrolled everyone. I know you're saying, Rick, Rick Astley. Yes, never going to give you up. Uh, rickrolling hit 18 million U.S. adults in the year 2009. <laughs> 2009. Six billion hours of videos being watched per month. Four billion videos per day. People are not addicted to this stuff. They're addicted to this stuff. Tony Blair went on YouTube and made his own YouTube channel. I've got my YouTube channel. Rob Black Show. The most popular tutorial is how to kiss. The second most popular tutorial is how to tie a tie. I think YouTube and Alphabet have upside. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So yesterday, a little bit more research came out of Wall Street on Amazon.com. And 
it appears that this analyst is saying it looks like they're going to expand their foothold in the grocery arena. They dabbed their toe in with Whole Foods. Now what are they going to do? Amazon's plan knocked down shares of grocery stores like Kroger yesterday, publicly traded. It's got huge implications for traditional grocers and consumers. Morgan Stanley analysts expect the push, if it comes to pass, to change consumers' in-store shopping experiences and expectations and redefine what a store is. So yesterday, you saw a little bit of weakness because Amazon hinted about getting more into groceries. Watch out Kroger. Watch out Costco. Watch out Walmart. And again, you don't think of maybe Walmart as a grocery store, but it is, right? You don't think of Costco as a grocery store. Well, you probably think of Costco as a grocery store, but maybe like Target. They're all kind of like trying to do new little things to get you to come in and buy, you know, cheap breath mints. Um, Amazon's planning to open dozens of grocery stores in several major U.S. cities, the e-commerce giant said yesterday. It strikes fear into shoppers and strikes fear into supermarkets and, you know, will Amazon innovate something crazy? I think Amazon has innovated the digital experience of purchasing goods online. They've innovated in fulfillment. Hold on, wait. Not only can I buy it, but it could be to me in under two days. Sweet. Used to be you'd order something and, God, duh. Do you remember ordering like something, maybe a jacket for Macy's? It's the exact size you want. You've had one before. You're just getting another one. It's Michael Jackson red leather. And uh, you hit order and then it says, your order will be sent to you in six weeks. So Amazon's done a lot of innovation, in my opinion. The fulfillment the digital experience, the one-click thing, no line, no checkouts, frictionless. Coming to grocery stores sounds good to me. Sometimes you get in, you go into a grocery store and you go get your food and you get in line and you're like, ah, oh, it's 14 people deep. Or like me yesterday, I go to a grocery store and I forget my wallet and I'm like, I'm gonna come back in an hour because they don't have, they don't accept PayPal, they don't accept Amazon. Like there could be a frictionless checkout that could have saved that grocery store some money so i took everything off the shelf and ultimately had to put it back because i didn't get back in time right so what will this big change be in grocery stores and again i think you could look at amazon and say amazon web services is fine they're a deep pocketed player in the expanding physical grocery world and that's certainly an incremental negative for the current retailers that are there you've heard of things what are called a loss leader where a company loses money. The best example I can give you is when the Xbox One comes out and the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 5, they lose money for a while. They typically bundle it with a game, so they start making a little bit of money right back. And then they, they, they want you to get two or three more games, and that's when they make their money off the licensing. So that's a loss leader. So Amazon shares are up 13% this year, but they're down from the record high of 17%. That was said in September. Same thing with, you could probably say the same thing, very similar with Apple computers. Sales of U.S. single-family homes rose recently. Uh, there's been a lot of negative data points on homes, but there's also been a, a perk up recently. Which way is it going to break? Home prices in January rose at their slowest pace in nearly seven years, but buyers shouldn't feel confident yet. A new survey says the prices might be on the verge of picking up yet again. Home values in January rose 4.4% higher than a year previous. Smaller than the 4.7% gain in December. So, the brakes. Stop the train! There's a car on the track! Stop the train! 
Um, it's very, very difficult to predict with any certainty that you know real estate's going to crash. It's not. The spike in mortgage interest rates last fall chilled some buyer activity. But you've seen new year interest rates start to creep a little bit lower. Oh, perfect. It's snowing across the United States. Yeah, that's the point. The snow is going to break into spring flowers very, very soon. So the lower interest rates should help. In California, where home prices surged the highest, sales stalled in the fall to the slowest pace in over a decade. Higher interest rates were the tipping point, and they've, they've dwindled their way back down. You know what company I wish I would have bought? I wish that at one point in time I had a couple billion dollars laying around and I don't. Um, There's one analyst, uh, Needham Laura Martin. She's saying that she likes Google because of YouTube. It's worth $140 billion now. So she's saying Google goes higher, but she wants to see the company split off from Google so that they can compete more directly with Netflix. If you take a look at 10 times revenue on something like a Netflix, you can see that you know YouTube was just a massive home run for the boys at Google when they bought it for a couple billion. Um, that's pretty amazing. And again, it shows you where, the not the future is, but where the current set of eyeballs are. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's Chipotle Lake. They're continuing a quite a rebound. Do you probably remember a few years ago, Chipotle got into a lot of trouble, ticker symbol CMG. The stock continues to move higher. It's about 19% of its all-time high, and they had some problems. There was a lot of skepticism that they were going to be able to turn around, but they brought in someone from Taco Bell, which, not a bad move. Taco Bell, not exactly a, a culinary gourmet facility. But that's the point. If you could run that company and run it well, you can see some pretty big things for um, the positive execution and how that translates into stock price for Chipotle Mexican Grill, ticker symbol CMG. Um, revenues, profits, same store sales growth all look pretty good. They're testing new concepts. America remains a drive through nation, so anything to do with you know, getting you to their store to drive through or uh, stand out and they'll, they'll bring it to you, it's all good. So they're, they're de- developing more pickup lanes. They're trying to renovate their older stores. It's an interesting stock. Um, it's, it, you know, I still prefer McDonald's for sure. But there is no doubt in my mind that it's an interesting stock. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, trying to get you to retirement. It's the goal. Simple way to start it is maxing out the 401k if it's available to you. And a diverse set of investments. Something like the S&P 500 is a good start. Joining me now to talk a little bit about this and much, much more from briefing.com. Patrick O'Hare, how are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, good morning, Rob. A little under the weather, so I apologize for the uh, raspy voice, but otherwise, doing okay. We forgive you because uh, in California, we may have rain, but we know how cold it is in Chicago, so no worries. Um, Appreciate that. 
with that said, uh, I just talked about the you know something really simple. But how's the S and P five hundred doing in your opinion for the average person out there, like you know our family members who don't necessarily do this for a living? What do you think about the well, overall S and P five hundred? Yeah. Where do we stand? Yeah, I mean, objectively, you could say it's doing great. Um, it's up, uh, you know, eleven point three percent through the first, you know, two months and one week <laughs> of the year. Uh, I think going back to nineteen twenty nine, your average annual gain is, is somewhere around, say, a little under eight percent. So, um, you know, so you've got a pretty good benchmark there to tell you that uh, that we've had a great start to the year. Um, much better than I think a lot of people uh, expected, um, and uh, you know, and it obviously bodes well for uh, you know for four hundred one k accounts that um, you know are indexed to the S P five hundred, and uh, it may not even be indexed to the S P five hundred because you've kind of had a you know all boats rise with the tide um, uh, approach here early in two thousand nineteen. So all boats rising with the tide. Um, January and February were, were very solid months, but we've moved into March. Um, are you fearful that maybe we've already got our gains for the year, or is there more to come with you know improving market conditions like China trade war maybe abating at the end of March with a big event at Mar-a-Lago? Uh, any thoughts on what the rest of the year looks like after such a great start? Yeah, it's a great question, Rob. Um, one that is obviously uh, very difficult to answer, only because obviously we can't, you know, tell the future. But you know, I would say this is that um, I do think that the uh, the quote easy money of 2019 has been made. Um, you know, you saw uh, quite the uh, reflex response to the Fed's pivot in early January, uh, where they said they were going to be more patient with their policy approach. And that was just music to the ears of this market, which in the fourth quarter was all riled up about the specter of the Fed getting too aggressive with its interest rate policy and ultimately inviting a, a recession. Uh, and, uh, and so when the Fed made that pivot, uh, it was interpreted really as the restoration of what is called the Fed put, you know, which um, market participants interpret as the Fed essentially being there to provide a security blanket for, for the equity market when things go bad. And that security blanket right now is a, you know, is a tacit pledge really not to raise interest rates for the time being. Um, so you had a really strong move off of that pivot, and and now I think. Uh, you know, you've had some multiple expansion uh, as a result of that. Uh, earnings estimates for the quarter, for the first quarter and the, and the full year, have actually come down as the S&P 500 has gone up. And so you've had that multiple expansion, you know, from about 14 times forward 12-month earnings uh, as we were entering 2019, up now to about 16, uh, a little more than 16 times forward 12-month earnings at this current level, uh, which puts the uh, you know, S&P 500, you know, kind of like right between its five and ten year averages, and so we think it's kind of in a fair valuation zone, and it's going to likely take some time to, um, uh, I think, consolidate this move uh, as it waits to see what will this, what will the next catalyst be as it relates to a trade deal, uh, maybe even perhaps a shift back from the Fed uh, 
into uh, suggesting it could raise interest rates because maybe the economy is performing better than expected. But I think everyone's sort of now in this wait-and-see mode to see if some of the weakness abroad ultimately does filter over here into the U.S. in a more meaningful way. Uh, and, uh, and if it does, you're going to continue to see earnings estimates come down and questions about valuation uh, surface that are going to, I think, limit you know, further upside potential. So I think Wall Street is the greatest show on earth. Um, it's just dramatic on a day-by-day basis. There's a lot of entertainment for me. It's as juicy as, say, E! Online or um, some of the scandalous newspapers like TMZ and such. Uh, do you ever feel the drama? Does it, does it ever get to you? Like, for instance, the Donald Trump, is he going to be impeached? Is he not going to get it be impeached? Is Mueller going to get him? Is he not going to get him? Um, does the drama ever wear on you a little bit? Like, I feel like I've been talking about China and Trump for a while, and I, I, I feel like I could be totally wrong. It's like I feel like it could go on for even longer. Sure, yeah, that, that's, that tends to be a headline gift that keeps on giving, right? So, um, sure, I guess. You know, I, I don't. You know, the short answer is no. I mean, I've been doing this for 22 years, and, and the thing that I really do love about this job is that there, there is always something new. Uh, to focus on, and granted, it might sort of remain entrenched for a little bit longer than it might, you know, be necessary. You know, I'm talking like maybe you, you have the same narrative persist for, you know, months on end. But um, but at the end of the day, there's there's always something new to take into account to help uh, try to understand what's driving investor psychology and the movement of individual stocks, industries, and sectors. And um, it's always a challenge to 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 uh, to discern that and to communicate that to our subscribers at briefing.com and um, uh, and so I don't I, it does not wear on me um, you know there are some periods when you get into the, say like the su- summer doldrums where people go on vacation and there's not a lot going on um, it becomes you know it is more challenging to, to write market commentary but but otherwise it's really a pleasure and an honor for me to do it and, uh, and I enjoy doing it very much. <laughs> I got the easier side of the job because I could talk about the markets, but then I can go really soft and say, hey, did you see Ariana Grande's going to team up with Starbucks about some sort of cloud frappuccino? And I can totally soften the news, but you have to stay within statistics and facts and the data, so to speak. Um, little, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm impressed with what you pull off, to say the least. Um, take a look at Target. Target came out with pretty good numbers. Is Target a tell for... The middle class of America, or the upper lower class? What are they, What does Target tell us at this this point in the earnings cycle? Yeah, you know, I think there is somewhat uh, some telling information, uh, not only in the report from Target, but also from Kohl's as it relates to the uh, consumer spending activity amongst uh, you know middle middle income can, uh, you know Americans. Um, those were both very good reports uh, in terms of uh, that were accented by strong same store sales growth uh, and upbeat guidance, not only for earnings uh, next year but also for same store sales growth. So, you know, Target has been. Um, you know, a, a restructuring story in a way. Um, it's had to kind of like go back to the drawing board uh, over the last several years and figure out how it's going to compete effectively against the likes of Amazon.com. And you're seeing that they're doing quite a good job at it uh, in terms of very strong digital sales growth. Um, you know, they've been innovative uh, somewhat uh, in that they've, you know, been able to introduce, um, you know, online ordering, in-store pickup, curbside delivery, things like that. Uh, and the numbers are bearing that out. Uh, it's not a smooth 
ride necessarily when you're in a restructuring period like that. But I think things uh, are trending in the right direction for a company like Target, which has done a nice job remodeling its stores and is clearly connecting right now with its, uh, with its consumer base. Give me one more nugget that you're working on currently, Mr. O'Hare. Maybe something that's going to come out in the future or maybe something that you want to write about tomorrow. Um, anything that you're seeing out there that you want to share with the listeners to give them insight into the mind of Mr. O'Hare? Well, we kind of did touch on it a little bit. I'm you know, contemplating a couple ideas maybe from the big picture column this week, uh, that being, you know, uh, do you, quote, quit while you're ahead with this market, you know, seeing how far it's run in such a short amount of time. Uh, and then the other idea being uh, taking a closer look at the trend in earnings estimates and uh, getting to the bottom line of what that might ultimately mean as you take a look at the market and your investment uh, prospects over the remaining course of the year. Thanks very much. Go rest that voice and uh, try to stay warm in Chicago because it's still winter out there. It's Mr. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a great source of domestic and international information. you got to check it out if you haven't. Um, it is a subscription service. It's something I've used for 20-plus years. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. O'Hare for at least 10-plus years directly, if not longer. Um, I want to say it's longer. <laughs> so it's been a good while. Some supportive elements out there. You can find more information. Information is key to success when it comes to investing. There's earnings calendars. There's analyst commentary. There's uh, what's going to happen on the market today. There's technical takes. Um, there's all sorts of good stuff that you can find at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. So, furthermore, we continue to forward, uh, push forward. I'm fascinated with the Lyft IPO that's going to be coming out. Um, I think it's going to teach us a lot. They are going to do everything they can to show us all the data that makes them important, including how much we spend on transportation versus how much people can save with them. The average cost of a new vehicle is starting to hurt uh, the middle class and the lower classes. Uh, there's kind of a, a class fight going on in cars as far as the cost goes. So... Um, Lyft is going to be doing a dog and pony show. When you say we want a couple billion, 10 billion, 50 billion, whatever billion you want from Wall Street, they say do a dog and pony show. Come and show us everything that's important on registrations and car registrations and titling and, and show us all the statistics that make you all powerful. It's called the carpocalypse. If you ever saw Apocalypse Now, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of destruction. Carpocalypse, it's upon us. Dun, dun, dun. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find briefing at briefing.com. If I have a seminar coming up, use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I try to show you like trends like the carpocalypse. And trends like Google and how much revenue they're pulling in from YouTube, not even their search business. The Carpocalypse is an interesting one to me because car registrations have declined about by about 10% in sales in the United States. Uh, car registrations are down about 10%, not sales. Let me correct that before someone corrects me. Uh, tire sales are down big time, and that's kind of a proxy of the overall industry. Overall, people just kind of don't necessarily want to own a car. It's expensive. I know a friend who went from two cars down to one, and it's been a pain in his butt. Uh, sharing a car with a spouse and a kid uh, leaves you making sure, like, you know, the bus schedule and everything else, right? But he's happy he's done it. Save some dough, Ray, me.
And I'm all about saving do re mi, especially when you're talking about like uh, $5,000, $10,000, whatever it is we're putting in maintenance of our car is a lot of money. So we're seeing that cars are such big purchases, they can have a macro effect on economies. You see Germany and Britain, they're the Detroits ultimately of Europe. They depend on each other for parts, manufacturing, and sales, and there's this whole Brexit thing going on. So a lot of people are worried that that's going to cause for an acceleration at the end of the era of cars. Now, again, who knows? Maybe a couple years from now we'll come up with a concept car that everyone enjoys and wants to have. Self-driving car could have been it, but not really. Uh, We're in for a bumpy ride if you're an investor in cars. I would be very, very cautious because the trend is... We don't really need it, kind of thing. Um, and people are starting to scratch their head and say, if we don't need it, then why are we doing it? So, eighth successful month, eighth successive, not successful, eighth successive month in a row where car sales are down in Europe. Interesting to note. I know you're saying, mm-hmm. is Europe the tell all? Speaking of cars, the $18.9 million Bugatti, La Voiture Noire. It's the most expensive new car ever sold. I want, I want, I want. Um, I don't really want it. <laughs> so I don't know what I'd do with it. It's beautiful. Kind of looks like a Batmobile. It's it's slick. Uh, no Bugatti for me. I know you're saying Bugatti for you. No Bugatti for you. A 16-cylinder engine. Is that right? A quad turbo. It's a pretty good slick looking car. But I don't know. Uh, 16.7 euros with taxes, 18.9 million dollars ultimately. Uh, so you can't be a fair weather Bugatti fan. You're either all in or you're not. I don't know. Again, not for me. Uh, new home sales rose to a seven month high in December, but November outsized jump was revised lower. So we're still dealing with data from December. Price gains have been shrinking since April when they peaked at a 6.6% gain. Lower mortgage rates should help ignite a little bit of spring buying fever. I got the fever to buy a house. Ariana Grande. Is she uh, a spicy meatball of a singer? She's a spicy meatball. Um, no, she's a macchiato. Starbucks has released a new version of its popular drink today called the Cloud Macchiato. They've hired singer Ariana Grande, who's better known for being a fan of clouds. Than she is for coffee, is serving as brand ambassador. I wonder what you have to pay Ariana Grande to send out a tweet about Maggiatas. When she got like 7 million followers or something crazy, right? Grande posted pictures of herself wearing a green Starbucks apron. <laughs> oh, your daughter. My daughter loves Ariana Grande. Well, Ariana Grande is a sellout. So, Grande, whose name sounds like the drink Starbucks Grande. Is a perfect fit, um, especially for this cloud macchiato, because she's getting out of it a little bit of something, too. She's getting out of perfume uh, that came out last month called Clouds. Uh-huh. Or Cloud. So remember a couple years ago? <clears throat> it feels like a couple years ago. It was last year. Someone won $1.5 billion in the lottery. Well, they came public, and they said, we want it. We're taking it. Well, they didn't come public. They did it all privately. They don't want you to know who they are. They just took a lump sum payment of $878 million. Why didn't they take the jackpot over 30 years? Well, maybe they're not going to live 30 years, and they want it. 
maybe they're worried about taxes going up in the next 30 years because our, our state is struggling, our country is struggling. So they think maybe the tax brackets go up and they want it in their pocket now. There's also the issue of estate taxes. If you pass away before all your installments are paid, your estate with undistributed installments would be taxed at 40% of anything above $22 million. So they could have a situation where... Uh, it was an 80-year-old player who won, and they realized, I don't have time to take the, all 30, pay, 30 years of payments, even though I don't want all that lump sum. What am I going to do with that? So one-time cash payouts, $878 million on the advertised $1.5 billion. That's the total after the annuity is paid out. But again, if you take that $878 million and invest it in the stock market, for instance, you should have $1.5 billion in, in seven years, not in 30 years. So in 14 years... You should have $3 billion. And by the time the whole thing's wrapped up 30 years later, you should have $6 billion. So you can take $1.5 billion now in the annuity, or you can take $878 million now, or you can take $1.5 billion over 30 years, or you can take $6 billion if you just go with the stock market route over those 30 years on your, your lump sum. Which one is more money? $6 billion? $1.5 billion? You tell me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up you can learn more about by going to newfocusfinancial.com and sign up for the events. Uh, use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's at newfocusfinancial.com. Um, and have a good time. Have a good time. <laughs> Check out the information. Download some information. And uh, sign up for the big event coming up in March at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.